Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I am your host, Raj Baines, and joining me is Sebastian Safferblah. How are you, Sebastian? I'm doing very well. Thank you, Raj. Excellent. Um, do you just bash your keyboard really hard? No, I, um, I, we were talking about something off air, and I, I just had another glance at it and then slammed my phone down. All right, it was a lingering right. irritation, and I just have you, shouldn't have taken it out on the pod. I know. I, I'll done. I'm, never again. Have you put your uh, phone on silent so that we don't get buzzers and stuff? Yeah, all yeah, phone on silent. Excellent. All right. Um, Jack isn't here again. He's he's busy working. Um, we're going to, because we've got two big games coming up against Arsenal and City, rather than trying to either shoehorn two sets of guests in or, you know, prioritise one game over the other. And because we've got two games to review as well, we thought, if me and you just sit and have a chat about it, we'll 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 do the job, yeah, won't we? Exactly. We've got time for guests. We, well, we can do Arsenal when the, when the league fixture comes around, I reckon. And um, Exactly. And same for City in the next time. I mean, there's not much change at City. No, the result we'll tends to, to be the same whenever we play them. So you know, <laughs> we only need to do that once, I think. Not just that, but the uh, the whole situation rep at their uh, end is just we've we've bought new players, we've spent more money, everything seems to be gelling um, in its own time. It's it's a, s- a similar sort of conversation every time, so we can we can save that for later on in the season and, and see if anything more interesting happens at their club in the meantime. Yeah, I mean it would probably have been worth having had Pellegrini gone in the summer, but. Um, as I said, we'll we'll get on to City first things first. Seb, you've had a, a midlife crisis and bought a PS4, haven't you? I have. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. I mean, initially, this this um, the uh, the way through this crisis was discussed with Jack alone, away from the uh, harsh, judgmental world of the Rule the Roost chat group. Because I thought, all right, Jack will understand. And I, 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 you know, he said, you know, probably best we we talk about this away from Raj to start with, um, in case he laughed. Um, but then, yeah, I succumbed. I, I just um, people think working from home is is, is a dust and it, it's really easy, but actually, it, it's very hard to to step away from from your work or computer if you haven't got something else to do. Um, so I wanted a distraction. I wanted something mindless that I could do that that would um, that would would just that I could I don't know do without thinking every now and again. And so I went with the uh, the PS4. Uh, uh, this is a revelation to me that you and Jack have secret conversations. It wasn't a secret conversation. Scared. It's just I, 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 I wanted to run it by Jack. I just wanted to 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 question what it might say about me as a thirty-one-year-old man if, if if I was buying things like that. And um, 
I think that's probably the average age because these aren't these aren't cheap machines. No, they're not. They are expensive. But it, it was, so you have to have some form of employment, disposable income to be able to afford these yeah, things. Yeah, you do. If you're not a child with a parent buying it for you, then I think around between our between probably my age to about forty is the average from about twenty to forty. That's when people are buying it for themselves. I think so. Well, I, yeah. And anyway, I kind of I went into the shop and I was I was timid and afraid. Um, and, uh, I, 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 I thought, oh no, I'm going to go in there and there's going to be like loads of 12 year olds running around and I'm going to be buying the same thing and it's just going to look weird. But actually there were, um, there are a lot of people who are much older than me, um, browsing the video game section in HMV. Um, yeah, as, as is the way I think, I think that's what most of, uh, most subcultures are populated by lonely men yeah. in their late thirties. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a lonely man in my early thirties. Fine. It's <laughs> not a problem. I'm okay with that. You, you're marginally better off than they are. Yeah. Um, you've not had a chance to really play any games or anything like no. that. But, well, um, I didn't, I, I, you know, I, I was a little bit suspicious cause they wouldn't, I didn't really have anything in mind like game wise cause I don't. You know, it's been a... Did you just go in on a whim? Did you have it in your mind no, that you wanted we, to buy it? No, I, I talked it through a jack, and um, you know, I made it clear that I I, I didn't want to hunt goblins or anything like that. I just wanted something that you know I could I could play FIFA on or Pro Evo or just do something for like an hour every now and again that um that didn't require thought. Um, so we, we talked it through. Did your, did your uh, experience of having to think about football manager put you off any sort of intellectually stimulating game? I, yeah, that's the thing. I just, football manager, like, football manager when I was younger was just, it was quite mindless. I mean, we pretended it wasn't, but really it was quite simple. And, and this one was just, goodness me, it was just, there was so much detail. That I just, like, I think either you or, you or Jack said, it's like having a job. It was worse than work. Given that I write about football for a living, that is not a day off to do that. Um, so I thought, well, that's that's rubbish. Um, I mean, I had a good time, but you know, for only a couple of hours, and, um, <laughs> and uh, before I started to, yeah, it started to bother me, it, uh, give me a headache. Um, and um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know, I, I'm kind of happy with it, but I, you know, I, I felt a little bit cheated because I went in and he was like, yeah, you can't just buy the console; you have to buy these two games with it. And uh, as I, you get to, I, I think from my experience, you said it costs more to, to buy the console alone, which I found quite hard to believe, but apparently it's true. Well, I, I think you probably get a better deal with a bundle than you would do buying a console and then buying individual games afterwards. He should have probably given you a choice of what games you got to bundle. Well, with there it. was, but it, the thing is, is that, and there were like three different options, but I didn't know anything about any of the the games featured in any. Of the what options. games did you pick? I, well, I, 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 he, he told me that um, the, the Last of Us was very good, and it was one other. He, he, did, that, he didn't lie to you, though. Yeah, and as, as you told me subsequently. But um, there's one other that I haven't even looked at that came with it. But I, I, there were the <laughs> other things like, you know, I don't want to do anything where the character, like, I don't know, swings a sword or it's just, I mean, I... Final Fantasy type. Yeah, just, it's not me, man. Like, I, I, um, you want to get a Grand Theft Auto so that you can just go around killing and you know, running people over and stealing cars. Because the, the definition of mindless gaming, I think, is Grand Theft Auto. You don't do any of the missions. Even if you do it's do a mission, it's, well, it's essentially driving around. Yeah, know? well, I remember the originals. I mean, I I, I mean, I remember um, the I played the first ever Grand Theft Auto when there was none of that, when it was just literally you had a, a bird's eye view on a car, yeah. you drove around, and it was it two-dimensional. It as well. It was like Grand Theft Auto is sensible soccer, basically. 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, and I had that as a pirated CD at school. Um, did you have what? Do you have a chipped PS One? No, no, no. That was just a, P- a, 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 a PC. I um oh, I had a, a laptop at school, and um okay, and so I had that, and um we weren't allowed to to play games at school, so I, I had it with the sound down and everything. I don't I don't even know if there was sound actually, but um yeah, so we all had that, and you just install it and everything. It was fun, but I um uh I I just I, I don't gaming's kind of minefield because I I felt like a bit of a cretin when I went into HMV because. It, it really has changed a lot. I, it, it used to be, you know, when you had sort of N64s and Jack and I talked about the Master System and stuff, it was just like, it was all fairly simple stuff. You had an objective, you fulfilled it or you didn't. And you had sports games, of course, but they were very primitive compared to what exists now. I mean, I was, um, I haven't played FIFA for years. Um, I played it at friends' houses, of course, but, um, you know, I, I walked past... Um, there was some, some some kids in the corner playing. There was like a, a, a mounted, um, like a demonstration. Um, I think it might have been an Xbox in the corner and they were playing FIFA and it was just like, it was just a million miles away from what, what it used to be, what, you know, sports games used to be. Um, but it, it's, uh, yeah, it's a funny one. I, I, I enjoy it. I don't, you know, I don't... Um, You'll get into it once you've... Once you've I just haven't had your rustiness. Yeah, well, I, I haven't... I, I mean, I, 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 it's, it's reasonable. I mean, I, I must have... I bought it on Friday and I must have spent in total an hour using it and it's now Tuesday afternoon. So it's not exactly, I haven't really given it a fair shot yet. Um, but it's there for when you do have the time. And that's all it's there for. You know, it's just like, that's what I want. It's like a, it's like a sort of digital comfort blanket. You know, when I, when I don't want to write an article or I don't want to be on Twitter talking to people that are telling me my articles are shit, then I'll go there. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. <laughs> It's just something you, you do need, and like people will say, "Oh, go outside and do this." And yeah, but because I'm a freelancer, my hours are quite weird. You know this. You're in the same boat. We don't really have our. We don't really have hours, and like we do it when we want. Our, our, our weeks are not necessarily synced with our friends. Um, no. And so it's like you know, if you're if you're at home at like two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, you can't just ring someone and go, oh, "You, you want to go out for supper?" Or do you want to do this? Or you know, go have a drink. It just doesn't really work like that. And so you have to have. Can you have supper in the afternoon? I always no, 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 of, of course not. But, like, you, you can't, uh, you know, but, I mean, you, you can't do normal after-work things that would occur. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our days are sort of... They're weird. We plan them, yeah. If you don't want to work, you don't work. And, you know, and typically also you spend most of the weekend working. I, I can't remember the last weekend I had that didn't involve two solid days of work. Yeah, even even sort of keeping up with sport and watching yeah. it, you have to do you that in order to out, actually you know, yeah, produce the content say, afterwards. Yeah, you know, I, I have family members, um, not my mum, she's very understanding, but like I have like, family members or friends who go, oh, surely you don't have to watch all the football. It's like, well, where do you think the article would come from? Or do you meet me sitting at home thinking, oh, I'll write this hypothetical something about something I didn't watch. Yeah. You have to put all, the all, in. Yeah. And not just when all the family are sat around and you go, oh, sorry, I'm going to go watch much uh, of the day. Yeah, you do that on Boxing Day enough and you run out of family. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> sort of, it, it becomes, it, it, it's troubling because it plays into that idea of you being this sort of typical, like, apex blokey male who can't stand to be away from the football. Whereas the complete reverse is true. I would love to just say, you know, I'm not going to watch any football other than Spurs for six months, and I'd be completely happy. 
Um, but you've got to commit if you want to, you know, make a living. It's funny you say that. The other day I got an email from the NBA because uh, I'm on the mailing list, and they do this thing with their television um, subscriptions where you can buy a season pass for either the entire league or for, you know, a specific team. And it's around, I think it's about 150 quid or something for, like, the middle package. You can buy a really cheap package, which is about 100 quid. And then you can buy the Lux package, which is all the games, uh, entire league choice and all your matches and then all the before and after content and you know, all the bells and whistles for about 200, 250 quid. Yeah. And if they did that in the Premier League, they would make an awful lot of money. I mean, can you imagine? There's not a Spurs fan who streams games and sits there for 10 minutes going, I'm going to miss the first five minutes of this match because I'm hunting around for a, a flash yeah, stream yeah, yeah. or an airstream. If you charge someone 150, 200 quid or even 100 quid for like the basement, everyone would do that who can't afford a season ticket for like a tenth of yep. the price. They would do that. NFL do that as well, mate. They, they've got their um, they, they've got their, their their digital pass, and you you it's not you just watch anything you want, and it's just heaven. I mean, if exactly. you're an NFL and they, they they allow you to have it on like four or five devices, yeah. so you can have it on size of the phones. We were talking about this off air before, but the, you know, size of phones these days, you can watch a football match happily something. on the train yeah. or bus, yeah. yeah, on your laptop. You can have it on whatever streaming device you have attached to your TV. People would love it, and it would I, probably take some money away from. That's what I'm going to say, like because I, I yeah, wrote Sky about, BT. about a year ago, and someone made a very valid point in response, saying, you know. What you remember, Scudamore's um, modus operandi is to make as much money from the broadcasting contract as possible. Because that's really when 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 you when you add up all his functions, that's the only that's the only visible part of his job that we get to see, and it's it's how he, his success is judged. And, and he he doesn't, you know, I mean, he's not bothered about fan experience or anything like that, or or availability of teams. He, he really doesn't care whether supporters get locked out of the stadium. It's his moment every couple of years when he gets to go to the papers and say, this is the percentage by which the, 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 the cash harvest has risen this time around. And, and They must be losing money, though, from the volume of people that stream matches. And it's not just one or two people. This is... I, I think I think we the vast majority it, of... I mean, yeah, the vast majority of people who, like, tweet along to a match yeah. won't be watching, especially if it's a three o'clock kickoff and they're not televised whatsoever. Well, especially people in different countries as well. Yeah, they've hacked into a feed. And if you were selling this as a worldwide package yeah. and being able to do it wherever, all you need is essentially an amount of money in whatever currency mm-hmm. and and a Wi-Fi you know, connection, I swear they would, they would harm streaming because it would be a percentage of people who the ease of access would be the reason why they'd pay up rather than wanting to go straight or be you know anything sort of moral about it. That It would just be the the ease of being able to yeah. watch it and know that it's there and know that you've got a HD stream and that you're not going to have some, you know, Azerbaijani commentary or whatever. It'd make it more sense than Michael Owen most of the time. Well, I, you know, the thing, mate, is that also, um, we live in, I, I looked this up the other day from last season, is that for a lot of clubs, I mean, in a way, Tottenham would never be one of them, of course, but... Um, for the biggest clubs in the country, uh, that is all, almost already the case because uh, I think last season... They have their own TV challenge. Well, yes, that, but also Sky and BT between them, I think last season they showed 27 Manchester United games, 26 Liverpool games, 27 or 26 
Arsenal games. It's just it, it's like having it. We all have digital Manchester United season tickets because they even even when Man United are playing Norwich at home or whatever, you, you know that the advertising revenue dictates that the advertising demands dictate that you know that just it's it's tedious and it's like it's like a it's not a league. It's a television presents the Premier League as like a, a five team tour around the country. It's all just oh, what will Chelsea do this week and what will Arsenal do? And he's saying fuck off. It's I want to watch the best game I've seen all season was uh, Leicester Villa. It was brilliant. It was a really, really good game of football, and it didn't need star players. It didn't need bullshit narratives about philosophies or Mourinho saying controversial things for the sake of saying controversial things. It was just football, and it was fantastic. And I just, I wish for once. I, I know it would harm the the revenue, and I know it would would bring the prices down a little bit. But then, if at the moment, uh, I think I think it would bring the prices down a little bit, but I think you would actually you get add much more of a consumer. Oh, I, I completely agree. It would be broader, and you, you just um, at the moment there is you television are only allowed to show I think twenty eight games a season, uh, twenty eight games of each team per season in the Premier League. If you brought that down, not dramatically, but maybe down to twenty, and said, "All right, you can have all your Super Sundays and your Man United Chelsea's. You can have all of that." But you have to show Stoke against Norwich. You have to do because you know it's like you know it's like those teams aren't even part of the league. It's like they're there just to be just to make up the numbers. numbers. And I hate that because it's like you know okay these teams have local fan bases, but you cannot tell me that that a um, a Bournemouth, for example, who this season will only presumably be shown when they play Liverpool United. Exactly, and they've got an eleven thousand seat Yeah, they, so they would benefit. They're, from they're the not going to have a match. Yeah, they're not going to have a match that isn't sold out. Well, uh, that's it. And mate, if 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 they're if they're being shown, then you know, if I if I'm a if I'm a if I'm a seven year old boy now and I'm reliant on a parent to take me to a game, um, in under these sort of financial conditions, under these financial circumstances. Is it more likely that my dad or mum is going to say to me, no, we can't afford to do this. And instead of that, I'm just going to watch Man United every week on television. And that makes me eventually a Manchester United fan. You're just not giving these other... Uh, sorry, this has become a bit ranty, but I believe strongly in it. You, you just, you're creating a world where you're channeling ev- all of the, ne- the next generation, apart from sort of, you know, uh, a few who have the... The finances, or you know, the the, the wealthy parents who are wealthy enough to, to take them to games, um, you're channeling them all into the top four. Well, of course. I mean, I experience this quite a lot because obviously, with you must be around loads fun. of um, you know, di- loads of disenfranchised Man United. Fan. I mean, you are in that area almost, but you know. Well, yeah. The thing with being in in Yorkshire and having grown up between Uddersfield and, and mainly Leeds is that when I was growing up. Um, Tottenham were a big club, and the reason I supported them was because you know the, my dad's team, and that's you sort of our thing. Yeah. And every time you're going to, you know, back then JJB or what have you, and I'd be looking for a Tottenham lunchbox or a backpack or whatever, they'd just be your top four teams. You know, Man United, Liverpool, they'd be Leeds back then oh, as well. Mate, we have that here down in Bath. I walk past my local. And this isn't even a football town; it's a rugby town. And I went in there the other day to, to buy some trainers and they're selling Man City tops and Man United tops. And it's just like the closest, our closest teams are Southampton and Bournemouth and and, and probably Swansea, almost it's kind of give and take, we'll kind of fall between the two. You're not even selling, you're not even selling like a Bristol City or a Bristol Rovers shirt in here. Bristol City are in the championship, very reasonable football team, big ground, but you're 
all pointed towards the same place. We experienced this recently as well with the television thing at, um, at Huddersfield because on this Thursday night, in fact, um, they're playing, instead of playing on the Saturday, the game's been moved to Thursday for television. Um, they've got Nottingham Forest at home. Um, and they've had to drop the season, the not the season ticket prices, the just the usual Normal general price um, to fifteen pound wherever in the stadium you want to sit. Yeah, because there'd, there'd be that de- deterrence for people who have a Sky uh, deterrent is the word I was looking yeah. for. For people who have people who have Sky, I was going to let it go. Just, <laughs> I, I, I knew I said something wrong. Um, you know, the people are Sky who sit at home and watch it rather than going down to the game. So they've knocked a tenner off pretty much off the price to try and get people to come so that when Sky roll into town, it's not a half-empty stadium for a you know a fairly big game. But I think that's probably the only time that Huddersfield will be on TV. They might be in a couple of months when they play Leeds in the West Yorkshire Derby, but that'll be about it. And it's seeing a, such a small club as, as Huddersfield are in, in this day and age, and not like they were in the 20s when they were winning three league titles on the bounce. Yeah. Um, but, you know, these days, they, you know, nobody really knows who they are or where they are or what have you. And that's half the appeal of why I go to watch them. Um, but it's, you know, it's just odd seeing how much difference it is for a club of that size having to gear up for something like that. This has been something they've been advertising in like at match days for a while now. And it's just, it's, it's, it's slightly saddening how hard of a grip the broadcasters have on the game. And I mean, this isn't news to anyone. This is just two people complaining about the state of the game that everyone knows. But um, if we actually talk about a match, yeah. Seb, we, we've been complaining about uh, watching it on TV and that. But you, you've you got off your armchair. Yeah. Uh, you took a friend down to the Carabag game, yeah. which is the first game we've got to review. Uh, what did you before we talk about the match? What did you make of the experience of going? Because you've written about a uh, you're you know going back to Ireland. You were a season ticket for a number of years. You were you know entrenched in that sort of yeah. subculture and life. And uh, well, I, I, I think it fascinates me to say that different. I was entrenched in the culture. I, I was just part of my routine was going, and um, I really missed it. I, I got there, and I, I don't miss London at all because I I just don't. I've spent ten years there. I don't need any more. Um, but I I miss the I miss the little things, not even just the football. I miss like walking down the road, walking down the high street down to, to White Hart Lane. I miss the tube with a kind of, you know, one of the things I always used to love about live football was um, was the chanting outside the stadium and the kind of, um, yeah, everyone everyone who is familiar with White Hart Lane knows this, but as you get closer, there's just that kind of um, intangible excitement you know people start chanting you can smell the burger fans you, you know you, you get to the stadium and it's just like it's um i know tottenham tottenham the area has seen better days but it's one of the great walks in english football i think from seven sisters tube to white Hart lane and i miss that and um i miss the way people i miss the buzz of the crowd after the game when we won you know and the, the walk back um I'd, I I forgot how long a walk it actually is. <laughs> to be honest, it's been quite a while. It's always longer than you anticipated. It's always longer on the way there than it is on the way back. Because you you walk in there and you're thinking we 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 actually um because we we came up from Bath and um the person I was with didn't finish work until till quite late, so we had to go we had to get quite a late train and um and so I grabbed her from work and we went up and and you know we we got in uh, literally as the game was kicking off, so it was a bit of a squeeze. Um, but it was um, it was great. The thing is, what I realised is that there's no way back for me though because I can't 
um, it's just impossible. I mean, I, for an evening game, I, I left, I left home, I left the station at five fifteen, um, got to White Hart Lane just about on time, and I got home. I walked through my front door at two o'clock in the morning, uh, like you know, two hundred quid lighter, knackered, fucked for the next day because I'm old, um, and it was, yeah, it's just too difficult now. Uh, it, it, the money. You know, I, I, first of all, I can't afford to go to that many games just because I'm not hugely wealthy. But it was just, it has to be a novelty now. And I, I missed it. I love being in the stadium again because I love the view. I love the way those, those how high those stands are banked and um, and how close you feel. And yeah, I miss it. Uh, how did your uh, how did your friend enjoy the first uh, experience at the uh, at the game? She loved it. She did that thing that everyone does the first time they go to the White Hart Lane, and she was like, "Oh, it's much closer than I thought it would be." And it, it, of course, because people people look at these stadiums and they think of them in terms of you know how big Wembley is or Old Trafford, and and actually White Hart Lane is very traditional in the, in, in the sort of the view that it offers, as long as you you don't have a um, you know a restrictive view seat, um, but. Um, yeah, she loved it. She got really into it. She um, she was impressed by Carabag through the first twenty minutes, <laughs> so I, I had to silence her. Um, but she um, she enjoyed it. I was it was quite fun because I was able to say I, I, I was talking to her about certain details on the train, like you know how the crowd is a little bit in, in terms of, and this has been going on forever, but you know how they react to certain players after mistakes get made. And I was, I was talking about Eric Lamella, and he had a he had a terrible game on that on that night, but. The crowd was. Um, Do you think? Yeah. Well, from uh, maybe it it it, um, it looked different. I don't know, but it, he he. Oh, hey, you do get a different. He he had one Marshall. of those games. I felt where he was just he got better and he obviously scored. And, and, and but in the first half, he he had one of those starts to the games where I don't think anybody played well in the first. Oh, half. I thought Deli Ali played quite well in the first half. I mean, we we weren't fluid and we weren't. You know, there was no real rhythm, but. Um, there was that sort of twenty-minute spell when we were okay, but Lamella had had one of those games where uh, he, he tried to do a little bit too much too soon, and so to the point where there's a guy a couple of rows back from me who every time the ball was coming to Eric Lamella or any time he was coming near it, he would just he 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 was sort of um, he kept saying to himself, "Oh, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up, Eric," and it was just that, and you just thought, "Yeah, that kind of sums up how it is for Lamella at the moment." But um, I'm sure we'll get onto him again later, but she loved it. She had a really good time, and um, she um, there are a couple of stores down um, down the high street which, which sell kind of um, uh, little bits of Romanian food, and she is partly Romanian, so um, she um, she had a, we had a good time on the way back. We bought some uh, bought some bread, and uh, yeah, we ate and stuff. It was fun. It was a fun time, and and um, but again, it, it's just it's not the same. I used to. I, Did you get celeb spotted at all? No. <laughs> no. But then nobody came up and asked for the famous Premier League I was on. No, but then the thing is, the only way anyone would recognise me is if they if they listen to this podcast and they recognise my voice because my picture isn't really people don't really know what I look like, which I like. Um, we'll tweet out some photos. Yeah, you? but that's the thing. Even my Umaxit photo is like eight years old, deliberately. So now I'm, you you sent me in Jack a selfie the other day, so we'll tweet that. out. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With the that the haircut, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with your two shot aircraft. Yeah, yeah. When I look like a stormtrooper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the game itself, if we talk about yeah. that rather than your experience of it, I I thought Lamella he did try an awful lot because uh, he was playing at ten because Ericsson was missing still, but he he it was slightly frustrating because it was that Lamella thing of you know 
not not everything was coming off. I think it was typified by the fact that you know he had that excellent opportunity where he sort of Get took the it off. Of the post, it, yeah, yeah, took it off someone's toes and it a post. Uh, but his his finish towards the end was good, and I think he deserved it just for you know pure <laughs> sticking to his task. And he's quite a resilient know. chap. Eric I mean, I yeah, he's he doesn't go into well a shell when, when he has a yeah when he has a challenge. He'll he'll stick a foot in. Yeah, he's not afraid of that, and I I quite admire that. I, I quite admire someone who who can have the crowd in his back for eighty minutes because they were they were audibly very uh, hostile towards him. Uh, not very hostile, but they, they they were not they were obviously dissatisfied with the way he was playing. But he kept at it, and um, that was impressive. And yeah, he he did deserve his goal. Who was your uh, your key players on the night in the flesh? Then? Um, I thought Eric Dyer played very well. I thought, um, obviously, uh, Son was. I mean, he, he was. He wasn't quite what he would be against Palace, but he you could because he, he was playing as like a false nine. It was um, he, he wasn't that comfortable with. I, I thought Deli Ali was excellent. Um, his, he was pushed up a little bit. He was playing like he looked like he was playing a sort of uh, all of those um, attacking midfielders kind of interchange, but he he was playing mainly as a number ten. And um, his turn for Son's second was one. That, I mean, you saw the defender just got completely done by him, and the crowd were as well because you, you had the gasp as he cut inside off his um, off his right foot and squared it. It was it, he was great. He was positive, and he um, he he doesn't. He's not afraid, which I really like, and I think we saw a little bit of that in pre-season against Real Madrid, where there are there are players in that situation, you know, friendly or not, who would have been very intimidated. And uh, what I like about Ali is, uh, is that he, he just he doesn't. He knows he's a good player. Um, he's confident on the ball. He's not afraid to try things. When something goes wrong, he doesn't go into his shell um, and start playing high percentage balls backwards or you know, sort of the, the kind of the the Moussa Dembele pass. Um, he's always looking to make something happen. I love that in an attacking player. Do you think him and Dembele might actually work well together, given they are such opposites of one another? They might actually become an effective pairing if if they're ever forced to play together. Why would Dembele is the holding player and him alongside? Do you mean possibly? Yeah. Uh, or even if even if we were to play three in midfield and have an actual holding player behind, and then have Dembele, who's you know more there to recycle possession and, and play the more percentage passes, which should in theory allow Ali to to push on and and you know take more risks himself because he'll have that the the assurance mm. of two deeper players behind him. Uh, I think it's quite a good shout actually. I um I think I think he's the kind of player that that we've asked Musa Dembele to try and impersonate a couple of times if that makes sense. You say this, but this is the type of player, was it not, that he was at Fulham when he was given a free yeah, role? And understand that team. He was he was a you know, a big fish in a small pond. But he was still an attacking midfielder in that team. But he was still, he still had no fear. I mean, the when he first signed, that he'd just come off a game against Manchester United away, and this was a very poor Fulham side that'd go on to get relegated. But he was somebody who would just drive at Manchester United at Old Trafford without any fear in the world, and he appears to have slightly, you know, lost that um, since he's come. To our club, I mean, it was the season after they got relegated. I think was it season, season after? Uh, I want to say no. I, no, I think we bought him while he was still they were still in the league. I don't think he ever played for them in the championship. No, no, no. no. What I what I mean is that like we bought him and then 
they stayed in the league that season. Oh, right, 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 right. I, I could be wrong. It's I not think. like they weren't they weren't comfortable. No, no, no. They were. I mean, Fulham were never really comfortable in the Premier League. But like, yeah, they they, they looked progressively more rocky. But I think apart from when uh, Roy Hodgson was in charge. Yeah. True. 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 What did you make of the the new players, uh, Trippier and and Vimmer especially? Uh, Trippier suffered a little bit because he, he gave the penalty away right in the beginning, and and he um that seemed to to rock him a little bit. But he got better. He didn't he didn't do anything particularly dramatic. He didn't really get to see any of his crossing a bit. It was much of it. Um, I thought Vimmer looked good. Carabag, Carabag didn't really do anything through the middle. They got joy because. They're, 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 I mean, beyond the goal, which was just, you know, it was kind of unfortunate on Trippier. It wasn't really an error. Their only two chances um, came from Danny Rose trying to be a little bit too clever with the ball um, down the left-hand side. And, and they weren't a bad team. They will, um, I tell you, they're, they, they're, they're not a joker team. They, um, they've got a couple of guys who can really play, especially out wide. Do you think uh, Danny Rose's performance, given that it was slightly shaky after injury, has afforded Ben Davies a, a tad bit more time in the team? I think so. Well, apparently Danny Rose had a, had a tight hamstring going into the weekend. But then this is the, the – you and I talked about this last week. That was the typical like, – I, I like Danny Rose. I think he's a good player. But those two errors, which were terrible, I you know I don't know how it looked on television, but they, they in the ground they were kind of borderline unforgivable, just you know complacent silliness um they're the kind of mistakes that people airbrush now they don't see it if they don't want to see it if ben davis had done done either of those you know they, they both of them were kind of just because they didn't end up in a goal they were comfortably worse than anything he did against southampton last last season when he got absolutely hammered um but he like danny rose still has that in his game and, and people need to realize maybe that, that there really isn't very much you know between davis and rose um, they're just two different players who, who who play in a slightly different way, but whose general level is pretty even. Um, and I think I think given that we were playing a team at the weekend who their main strength theoretically lies out wide, and, and kind of they're a team who you know, they, they want to counter attack, they want to absorb pressure, they want to clear the ball out wide, and then they want to attack us on the break. Now, if you've got Danny Rose playing as, as a fullback who's very much someone that, that wants to be part of any attacking movement and then you've got a team who can spray the ball out wide to, to a um, uh, to a Balassi or a I know he went off at half time but a, a Zaha you've got a problem and Danny Rose showed that yes he, he did he did a lot of good things going forward against Karabag but he's still he's not great without the ball and I I, I just um I have nothing against him. I just wish people would, would, would give Davis a bit of slack because he's, he's played pretty well. I mean, he doesn't, he's not going to surge into an opponent's half. He's not the quickest, but he defends quite well. And your point about him and He Vertonghen, did get into the box. If we if we leave Karabag behind and sort of, you know, write off as, you know, good first win in the Europa League, which is what you need to do in the early rounds and yeah, um, sort of get through, yeah, get through the group. You, it's not really about level of performance, is it, uh-huh. once you're there? It, that's that's more something we need to concentrate on when we get to the knockout stages and actually get properly tested for a full 90 minutes by a, an established European side. Um, if we talk about Palace, who in good form, especially away from home yeah. when they came to us, I think the thing I was most impressed by, um, Sun aside, 
was the the defensive solidity, and I think this buys into what you were talking about, Davies, and you know the things I said last That's week, and then yeah, yeah, elaborated on in in an article about the relationship that Davies and Vertonghen have, and I got a couple of tweets from people who'd obviously listened to the podcast or read the piece, and then went, actually, yeah, having looked at that, that. <laughs> yeah. you actually, you know, you get to to see what I was trying to say. I'm not saying that Ben Davies is, you know, should be getting man of the match awards for what effect he's had on Vertonghen but I think it may be a case where he offers stability he, there he's yeah, reliable he, he, gives, he, he, gives his, he gives his centre back a, a bit more confidence to do his job where he's not worrying about too much more and obviously there's there's Eric Dyer as well who will buy into that a bit more because he's doing a much better defensive job than perhaps we were used to last season and which is I'll, shielding his back foot and Alderweireld who I think is a monster of a centre half he, um, he, he is he I think he's beat. I mean, I know he had. Um, he, he's, had- he's got some. He's got some quirks in his game because, obviously, with a new player, you learn about them much more intimately than you would when they're at another club and you're watching them in, in your own shirt and yeah. stuff. You watch them with a different set of eyes. You watch them every week as well. Yeah, he's he does a few things which. Um, he takes the odd risk, and it, yeah, he, he does, does some things that make me a bit uncomfortable. It reminds me of slightly not in n- this isn't a negative, but it reminds me slightly of Eunice Cabal's first <laughs> yeah. stint. When you remember when he used to just permanently hit Hollywood passes for eighty raking yards yeah, yeah. across the pitch and stuff. Alderweireld's passes are actually very good. It's almost like Michael Dawson with a bit of class. <laughs> Um, although Dawson's weren't too bad, it was just he was hitting them a foot above Aaron Lennon's head most of the time. Um, it, it, there's some things that I've got to get used to with him, and it is just a personal quirk of you know working out what type of player he is. But he has been a very, very good addition, and we can see why we, we pissed off Southampton by nabbing him. I love what he did. I, I love what he does in the air. I think he um, when um, I was very nervous at the end of that game when when we started. <laughs> To retreat into our own half and just invite Palace to, to to knock balls into the box because that is that's kind of that's been our kryptonite for such a long time. There's always someone who does something stupid, like climbs on the back of a, a, an attacker or you know uh, loses man. And we were we were really solid. You know, either we have the Tongan who's been great this season generally, um, doing what we know he does. But Alderweireld was was um, his reading of those crosses and it, it is it, it, he just. He's like an athlete. I mean, I, that, I I agree with you. There are there are there are other quirks that make you a bit nervous, but like as a as a in terms of what you want in the body of a defender, he's big, he's physical, he's quick, he's skillful, um, and he was he was excellent. Um, I mean, I, Norris did his part, of course, but um, what you need in a defensive unit as well, and this is all he's a bit of a bastard with- as well. He's he yeah. nips into the tackle. He snaps into the old tackle, and I, I quite like that. Good head. Well, this is well. what I was going to say: is there's the, the relationships that each player has in the back four and even the back five, if you count in Lloris, because his sweeping motions allow the the entire unit to push up a little bit. What you have there, it's almost as if you know when you you play music through a speaker yeah. and you turn it up too loud, and you can almost feel the strain if you're asking too much of it. That may be what when you have a player like Danny Rose, who's a bit too similar to Kyle Walker and Alderweireld because he takes a bit more risk because, you know, Davies almost calms the tongue and down a little yeah. bit more. It allows Walker and it allows Alderweireld to have their little quirks a bit more. And because it's a little more settled, because the relationship is a bit more in tandem and a bit more compatible, it, it works and it, it works in harmony a little bit more. It, it, it seems to, you know, it's, 
It's like, you, you remember when, like, 10 years ago on Top Gear, all they used to do was sort of rip apart old... They probably still do this, but I haven't watched it. They ripped apart old cars and they tried to put two bigger engines in, like, yeah, yeah, a car yeah, from yeah. the 1990s, <laughs> and it would inevitably break down because they were trying to get too much out of it. It's just knowing it's limiting, it's being comfortable, and that is why we're defensively, in my opinion, a bit more solid than we have been previously. I think we have the the right blend there. And it's something that what I said in the piece was you can you're more likely to get Ben Davies to add a little bit more risk into his game than you are to take the strongest element of Danny Rose's yeah. game away from oh, him. I no, completely agree. And I that yeah, that's an excellent point because I I, I think you um Rose's instinct will always be the same because he he's he's not he was not raised as a fullback. He is uh, a winger. A winger. He is a winger, and um, I think he was a winger when he arrived at Leeds. And at first, certainly for the first few few um, few games he had at Tottenham, he um, in the League Cups and what have you, he was used as a um, as a as a wide midfielder. So. He was almost he him and uh, Gareth Bale almost switched positions. Didn't yeah, they? yeah. Around a similar sort of time, he was because Bale was playing so well at left wing, he was moved to I, left back. You know what? I don't want this to sound too negative because I think Danny Rose has grown into a really fine player. No, but I, I think we may overcompensate in what we're saying against Danny Rose because we're yeah. trying to make this point against what appears to be a majority against Ben Davies. I think we we clearly have a favourite dog in this fight um even if it's if it's not completely explicit it it might just have been now Um, (laughs) millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me that wasn't an option i never really was a salad guy that's just not who i am but noom worked for me Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to... Trying to because he, he's done an awful lot he's become a far better player than any of us thought he ever would be and and yeah. that's very much to his credit and he's done some wonderful things in a Tottenham shirt and he, he will presumably do many more of them it's just a case of saying that look that, you know fullback is not a locked position it's a contest and it's in its right that it is a contest um and it's more of a contest this season than it, it was last season definitely definitely right uh, davis is playing very well and he he he, he really doesn't do an awful lot wrong and, and people People are very quick to jump on even even the slightest hint of an error with him, whereas with Rose, it kind of leads to this... You know, It's like... Um, it's the equivalent of when Harry Kane misses a chance. Now, it's... We, we all got used to sort of, you know, Kane putting those away that we're, 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 no one really wants to criticise him, and there's a bit of that with Rose. Um, well, um, we'll talk about Harry Kane in a minute. Um, first of all, just a, a brief mention for... We don't need to elaborate on it, because everybody knows, but how amazing it is to have a player like Hugo Lloris in goal because oh, yeah. they 
a few minutes before we scored, he made an outrageous save to get his hand onto, uh, was it Sacco who just let off yeah. a oh, really stinging yeah. shot and he got some sort of touch on it with his hand and managed to turn it onto the post. And if that had been David De Gea, we'd have seen endless replays of it. But we, so, you know, Someone on my Twitter feed said that if David De Gea had made that save, Sky would have commissioned a two-hour documentary on it. <laughs> exactly. Well, he is, I think it's... I would say that David De Gea made it, been a staggering save on Sunday, actually, a couple of hours yeah, later, but, but, you know. It's almost as if Hugo Lloris is doing community service playing for Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> because he is so much better than everything well, else. Or what what I'll say about that, I mean, no, no, I mean, Lloris is our best player by a long way. But um, his, I mean, what I've noticed in his, in his first few games of the season is that we're not asking him to do anything heroic as regularly as we were. I mean, his, his save on, on oh, Sunday no, no. was it ridiculous. Feeds into, it feeds into uh, our defence yeah, being better. Yeah, we are much better defensively. We are we are the team that like, we can go and win games 1-0 now. And it makes sense that we are that way, given that was our priority in the summer. I think, had we spent so much of our time <laughs> buying defenders and selling her and yeah. reshaping the entire defensive angle of our game and Pochettino being very public about that's that being you know hit the focus of what he was trying to do on the training field as well if we'd come out the season and defended as badly as it we had been done previously there would have been some serious questions of a but are you, you know you have to mark man, what we've been doing like, because we haven't conceded a Premier League goal in like 270 minutes we haven't lost a match for a while we haven't lost since the opening day and I, I just I, okay we've, we, we, we had some pretty shitty defensive moments against against Stoke but that that felt like it was more about what was happening ahead of the defence than the defence itself in general like both Paul Mitchell's recruitment and Pochettino's coaching job on that defence has been superb they are so much better than they were and like you know our old, we, we're all we're nervous at the end of the game is because we're used to Tottenham conceding shit late goals but actually you know Sunday being an example Everton being Everton we were rock solid Everton did nothing against us I mean I, I, th- I think that was I think it was me and Jack discussing that, but they didn't lay a glove on us. And Lloris is not making, you know, uh, circus saves minute after minute to, to keep us in games. I mean, he, 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 a goalkeeper has to make a save at some point, and it was a remarkable one, and yes, it could have gone in, but then had it done so and we lost that game 1-0, it would have been hugely unjust. Yeah. Um, it's not because, just because of the way we played going forward, but also how well we did defend. I'm going to put um, put this to you. I- Tottenham's best front four, everyone yeah. being fit. Yeah. Harry Kane up front. Yeah. Son on the left. Yeah. Lamella on the right. Mm-hmm. Ericsson at 10. Mm-hmm. In theory, they all are able to swap positions. They're able to, you know, drop in and out of where they need to create space for one another, being unpredictable in, in what they're doing because there's going to be so much fluidity there. Especially with Lamella's performance against Palace, I thought he was Terrific. so much yes. more determined than... He, no, not more determined because he's constantly determined. That's often he was his more downfall. refined. He was like, yeah, his passing was better. The things he was trying was were coming off a bit more. He 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 was excellent. His pass. It's so funny though, don't you, don't you find it when um when Eric Lamella does something good and like if you're going to contest um if you're going to contest that he played well on Sunday then then you need to stop having opinions because that's well, just, um, that's nonsense. His pass his pass during the build up for the game where great. he absolutely battered off uh, Johan Kabaijo in the build up yeah. was brilliant because it, it it sparks into that um you you were saying about the fact that he is a bit rough and ready around the edges because I imagine when you when you raise in the Argentinian leagues if you ever watched any of their football yeah, you've got you've got to, to, you've got to be able to handle yourself a little bit because they're you know they're not backwards and coming forwards and 
he's <laughs> he's uh, he's he's certainly got that about him, and it's very pleasing to see. We we would not have scored that goal or won that match without his, you know, contribution. His box. I mean, it, is, it says a lot about how how that unit. I mean, I I I, I had to write about Son uh, yesterday, and I wouldn't, and um, and I obviously sort of did a little bit of research back over the game and uh, watched it again. It's amazing how often, not only Son, but the other members of that front four, uh, or front three behind Kane, are in their own half. I think it actually fronts, it know. actually showed up, uh, Nasser Chadley, a little bit once yeah. he'd gone off, how much work they were doing with one another. Um, and Chadley's not a bad player, but I think once those front four settle with one another and yeah. actually start learning That's about each other, four. yeah, Chadley is, is going to, naturally, because, you know, he was a... He was a cheaper punt of a signing. He did an awful lot more than anybody expected him to ever do last season. He's still a very, you know, very good contributing member of of our team. But he he probably will relegate himself to the Europa League squad through the the lack of work he does in in key areas defensively. I think also there's a bit of a question mark. One, one thing Son's arrival shows, which is not something we weren't aware of, but Charlie's quite ponderous in the final third. I mean, he um he. It was very telling that um, we did start to look more dangerous once Ericsson got on the pitch, um, and we were, we've been missing him quite. We miss him obviously, but like I mean, the, the his man, range of passing is so much better than we, any other player. That yeah, we have. And, yeah, exactly, and yeah. he's ever given credit for because even there was one pass where I think it was out to. Uh, Son maybe it might have been where he wasn't even looking. It was a break, half break, and he and he sort of ducked inside and then played a reverse sweeping pass backwards across himself across the pitch. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Waited yeah. over a defender who was midway in between. Anybody else in our team tries to play that pass, it's either over hit or <laughs> goes straight to a defender. And he, it was like watching a computer game when he played that. And there's nobody else who really does it. Well, I, and I think that's an crucial ingredient because if we don't have that, then what we're left with is not only just passing the ball around an opponent's box and the build-up in that kind of laboured, tedious way that we've... we've Reminiscent of, uh, of the worst days of the Los Boas. Yeah, exactly. But then we're also reliant on someone like Chadley getting the ball in the channel close to the goal line and him him trying to trick his way past a, a fullback, which just is not... Like he does occasionally uh, get through that first man, but then it's just so laboured. And Ericsson, the combination of having Ericsson's passing range and Son's sort of uh, dynamism from wherever is really good news because it allows us to attack in a way that doesn't allow um, you know an opposing defence just to gather behind the ball, get in their structure and just say, all right, break us down. I mean, it, the, the, the goal we scored was for a counter-attack, yes, but... Like when when Son goes through, and I think the the covering defender is Breda Hangerland. Um, if it's another player in our team, if it's Chadley, Chadley's going to look to cut in on his right foot, uh, and Hangerland, being the experienced defender he is, is going to have the opportunity to usher him towards the touchline and and if not stop him getting off a shot, at least slow him down for you know um, kill the momentum move. But because because Ericsson's ball is so good and because Son goes into space as a two-footed player who can go right, who can go left, Hangland does nothing. He, he's not able to take the angle away. He's not able to stop the shot. He's not able to get anywhere near him. And it's just, it's almost a free run and goal because he doesn't know if he's going to go inside him and shoot or go outside him and shoot. And um, in the end, we score. And Chadley, I, 
I like Chadley. I, I, I've just written an article for the Fighting Cock about Chadley, which is going to look really outdated by the time it comes out now. Why but, is that in the fanzine? Yeah, um, but Chadley, Chadley is is a Chadley is a good player who has probably performed above average for us. Oh, most definitely, and we, we can't take that away from him. He's and probably, I don't want to trash him either because he's done. He scored some very important goals in yeah, some very important games. He's, he's almost like a. He reminds me a little bit of what Clint Dempsey did when he yeah. was at the team because he's yeah. obviously got limitations, but he's he's one that will push his limitations as much as possible. And there's a lot to be said for a player who doesn't settle for mediocrity. Because he he could have quite easily done that after his first season, where you know he was maybe the first one of that magnificent seven, as they're known uh, sarcastically now, um, who was being pushed towards the door. Even the first season he signed, so he he did an awful lot to reclaim his place in the side, and I think he he will he will play whether or not that is part of you know in air quotes the first team or not is is a question for perhaps Pochettino on another day. But he's he's um, he's certainly done an awful lot. If we if we take a look at Wednesday night, um, tomorrow night as we're recording it, we've got Arsenal in the Carling Cup. There's not an awful lot we can really say about it because we it's not a league match. We don't really know who's going to play. But given the opponent, I've got a little bit of breaking team news, and that uh, Coughlin is out. Yeah, I was actually I've got a um, got a uh, preview. I've, I've got now. I've got a WhatsApp um, group with my two cousins who both live in in Barking in London. Uh, one of them's an Arsenal fan. One of them's a Man United fan, and um, they're both essentially they're, they're like the, the closest thing I have to brothers. And um, we we text each other often about the football and whatnot. And um, I was texting him winding him up about this game tomorrow night, um, and he was like, "Oh." You know, uh, I was like, "Oh, Cochrane's out, so that's your your game done." Then nobody else is going to be able to come in and do that job for you. You know, pound land Eric Dyer that he is and what have you. Because all is suspended as well. Yeah, so and, he, and, he, no... and he, I, I was expecting some, you know, Mikala to, uh, you know, <laughs> line back for him, but he just admitted that they they have nobody else who can play that role for them. Um, so that that's a, an obvious place they're lacking. Um, but you, you never know. Who, you never know with these. You, you, you also don't know who we're going to start. I mean, we 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 our players are all fit. But I'd quite like to see Clinton start because I think that an Arsenal defence, especially a changed one, may well have a lack of experience and pace that would feed into what he's able to do. Because what I've seen of him so far, um, especially playing for us, he is lightning. I'd like um, to see him play against Callum Chambers. Yeah, Callum Chambers is... He's he, a, a he loves a late tackle. He's, yeah, he's, the, <laughs> what, he's just a, a kind of... He's a haircut. I think that's slightly harsh, but... I'll, I'll no, I don't think it is, mate. I think that, like... I think he's... Um, I think he's someone that... I just... I, I, his, 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 the, the, the best game he's played for Arsenal was his first one when they played at home to Palace at, at the Emirates at the beginning of last season. And people write some enormously stupid things about him. I remember um, Neil Ashton writing a column where he compared him to Bobby Moore. The thing with with Chambers that uh, the point I'd make about him is because Arsenal have tried to make him play in so many different positions. Um, Master of none of them. Really. Yeah, he's, he's he's what I like to now call the Phil Jones effect, which yeah. is what I was slightly worried may happen to Eric Dyer, given he's had that similar trifecta of positions and you know centre back, right back, holding midfield. And if given his new contract, if he doesn't nail down one of those and sort of concentrate his development in one area, it may well you know stunt his progression as an overall footballer, which is obviously a disaster. 
But that might happen even more elaborately at a club like Arsenal because they've got a manager who's so entrenched in his ways. If you were taught to play one position so specifically and then moved around afterwards, you won't have an idea of what you're supposed to do. I mean, you can see, even from their very best players at that club, it is when they become settled at their their best under Wenger. It's not when they're being moved around. Henri didn't become Henri until he was moved centrally and allowed a time there. Uh, Van Persie, exactly the same on the opposite side, didn't become Van Persie until he was inside and played regularly. Aaron Ramsey's another good example of that. Yeah, Ramsey, who... He's not playing as well now because he's constantly moved position to accommodate uh, Ozil and Sanchez. Sanchez. uh, So he has an issue there, Wenger, um, of what he does with his players and how he treats his young players. Um, I mean, they didn't sign any outfield players. Obviously, Sam Petacek, but I imagine David Ospinner will start and he's, he's, you know, a serviceable goalkeeper. He's probably, you know, Michel Vorm standard. Vorm will probably play for us as well as he did in the, the early stage of the Carling Cup. Yeah, Which is, uh, you know, he's he's got a mistake in him. Um, as we, it should be a pretty good game of football, that. I mean, it, I, um, it, it may well be reminiscent of, do you remember that game where like Stephen Corker and Sandro played for the very first time and it went to extra time? Oh, the 4-1, yeah. The kids and it Robbie Keane. Yeah. It, was, it was weird, that game, because... Um, I, I think it must have been. I think when it went, it, it went to. Um, as I remember it, it went to three-one pretty early in extra time, and um, the stadium emptied. And um, my brother was watching it. I think on television, and he said um, it was it was just ghostly because for the last however long, it was just Arsenal knocking about in White Hart Lane, which was full of their own supporters and pretty much no one else. It's weird. It was. It was. Yeah, I think it might be. I don't want to. Dis- you know, downplay the occasion because they're always fantastic. No, Derby, Derby. I mean, yeah. yeah, especially if they're played in the right sort of manner. But if if the teams don't take it as seriously as the fans do, which there is always a danger of that, especially so early in a cup. If it was, you know, a quarter final, semi final, two legs, then you know both teams would be taking it entirely seriously. Mm. But given it's so early on into the season and both teams have other concerns in the league and, and what have you, especially with. Arsenal's form. Um, I, I think we'll take. I mean, I, I, I'll be surprised if he. I think we will. I'm not sure. Not sure. Not sure they will too much. Well, if they don't, that, could I, the, great because it, I, I think it'd be regardless of the the actual legitimacy of beating an understrength Arsenal. I think it would be a really good thing to do. It regards because it, it's not you're not you're not lining up against you're not really lining up against a set of players. You're lining up against a shirt. And you're yeah. knocking down the shirt, and and that's something yeah. you always want to see. And I, I don't Premier League, League Cup, preseason friendly. You want to beat them. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm just saying. Oh, I know, I know. From I, 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 a, I'm trying to give the opposite side of the uh, the coin. Fuck the opposite side of the, the coin. You know, <laughs> you know, the, there is a danger that the clubs themselves, not being as emotionally yeah. charged by such an occasion, may 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 treat it as a sort of diet derby. Well, I hope not. I'm not. The full fat occasion. I um. I think our players playing in front of our fans because that that game will be sold out and um, I don't I don't, I don't know yeah, how it's I think the fan. I think the um, the the trust actually did a very good job in making sure that the tickets were reasonably priced yeah, they did. because we could have quite easily drawn a Championship League One club at this stage in the competition and didn't but they didn't the club would have you know in in years gone by without a trust 
given you 450 quid tickets. And they're 25, they're capped at 25 this time. Yeah, they're capped at a reasonable price as there would be any other, you know, against any other opposition. So they've done a, a very good job there and they don't get the credit yeah. for that sort of work. Well done. Because so. um, there'll be several thousand people thankful of the money they've saved in buying a ticket for that match that they wouldn't have done otherwise. Um not wanting to spend too much time on it because obviously it's tomorrow. So by the time most people listen to yeah, this, probably it. it'll have been and gone. Um, we've you know we've talked all the shit about it and we've you know we we don't know what's going to happen essentially. Um, the Manchester City game, um, obviously we've got nobody on from there. They've, you know we've we've alluded to already the fact that their situation is is essentially always what their situation is. They've you know one season on, one season off for them, and never do anything in Europe. <laughs> spend an awful lot of money. Uh, Raheem Sterling and and things. Um, I think this actually, if we treat it with, you know, I think we spoke about last season when we went away to uh, Chelsea the first time, we sort of said this is almost a a litmus test, a little idea of of where we're at, just a a yardstick. We're not writing it off completely. It's not a day out. It's not one that you say we've lost it from the first, but you sort of go, this is a a good opportunity for us to sort of see exactly where we're at. And given we've, we've sat and we've talked at length about how well our defense is doing and how much we're enjoying seeing some actual, you know, people actually knowing their jobs for yeah. once. I'm not actually sure how to describe it because it's, it's been that long since Tottenham it? had a... logical know, defensive football. It's, it's been so long since Tottenham yeah. defended with any sort of competency that it's nice to, to have that again. Um, but, you know, Manchester City have got a team that may well undo that. I mean, they've, they're coming off a defeat against West Ham, which I'm not sure they'll, they'll be best pleased about. So they'll obviously have a little bit of... They've got a team that, that absolutely should undo that. I mean, there's no excuse yeah. for City not winning that game because they are... I mean, that front... I, I presume David Silva will be fit, Aguero will be fit, Sterling and De Bruyne will start either side. I mean, come on. I mean, it's just... They, that, that's, that, that's a, you know, 14-year-old's... That is, that is, that's, lineup, that's when it? someone's cheated on a computer game. Exactly. And it's yeah. just... it's. You know, well, they've not cheated in a computer game. They've cheated in real life. Right. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush. But I, you know, you, you're right. I, I mean, it's it's one of those where if we lose it, it's more intriguing than it is something that I hold a huge amount of hope out for. We, I mean, we we, we actually played very well against City at the end of last season. Um, is this one at home? It is. It's at Wild Lane. Um, so yeah, if we, if we get a good result against Arsenal, have a momentum of three wins on our back. That'd be terrific. Hopefully, the Arsenal game doesn't go into extra time because that's yeah. a level of sapping on. We don't need on, that. As small a squad as we do, we don't really need that to happen. Um, so if we can if can avoid that, win the win the Arsenal game, have a bit of belief. There's no reason why we couldn't take something. I mean, least, it's one of those yeah. games where you'd be you, if it, if it finished nil nil one one, you'd be very happy. You just say, okay, yeah. let, let's move on now and. Um, and and get on with the season because it's just I um those games are always I I always feel slightly nervous not because of how we're going to play but because of how people are going to react and what what a defeat potentially causes you know because yeah. there's always a disproportionate response as long as it's somewhere. not a as long as it's not a heavy scoreline yeah. there's also on the flip side of that there's there's no reason why this can't be a game where we treat it as we did with Chelsea on New Year's Day and and run yeah. uh, you know put in a shift and yeah and put in a one off you know, world-class performance and, and actually sure what is at the heart of this team. And there's, you know, we've, we, we're bubbling, we're simmering. And if they come to the boil in this sort of occasion where you'd hope they'd raise themselves a little bit more than they have done against a team like Palace, who, no offence to them, they're not a team who have the stars that Manchester City do. You don't need to 
sort of push yourself in a similar sort of manner. I think it's an easier game for us in, in, in one way, in the sense that City, there's, no, there's pressure. no pressure, but also City are not going to sit behind the ball against us. They're going to go and try and kill us off early because they have the ability to do that, and they probably will, I'm sure. But um, it's not one of those games where we're going to have to spend you know, five to ten minutes, you know, building moves up and creating pressure. It's going to be quite... Our, our opportunity is going to be quite sporadic. It's going to be quite a lot of space when we go forward because they'll be committed uh, with their numbers. And, and it's, it's okay. It's, it's, it's a different kind of fixture. Um, it, it, it's much more intimidating, obviously, but it's really... If you approach it in the right way in the kind of the... You know, it's a, it's a shot to nothing um, because... You know, you can just. I, I suppose it, I, it's hard to speculate how a professional footballer thinks, but I think if I, if I was one and I was approaching this kind of game, I'd treat it as a, well. No one expects anything of us, so let me go out and express myself. Yeah, especially with the type of players that are going to be playing it. You'd imagine there's Tom Carroll and, and so, I, I got mixed up, mixed up. Then I thought we were talking about. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm not Tom Carroll. I mean uh, Eric Lamella. If, you, if you've got a player like Eric Lamella playing, who's got a couple of good performances behind his back, and can play against a, a team of the level of Manchester City, and like sort of show what he can well, do. Mate, who just you think, you know. Collar is almost like uh, an extreme Danny Rose in yeah. the way he defends because he doesn't defend. He is he's a, not a defender. Know, he's an additional winger. Yeah, exactly. He's an auxiliary, auxiliary winger, isn't he? And, and you'd you'd hope with somebody like Ericsson hopefully getting his first start and he'll be able to spot the the runs in behind that the likes of Sun and Lamella should yeah. be making. I think this would be a really good opportunity to start that front four together because uh, is. Company still going to be out, yeah, possibly. Out. Yeah, so if company's out and he's obviously had this renaissance of late, where he's actually uh, playing properly. I think who I who is a good player, I'm, I'm told, but looks awful at the moment. I'm sure he'll grow into the league and become yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, it's similar to Mangala yeah. where he needs a little bit of time. So it's a good time to, to play against him, and you know, you imagine he'll play with Mangala. Um, yeah, and you know, why not? Why not? They're not. Um, they're, they're very strong, but they're not on beat. Yeah, have a roll. This is an opportunity for us to just have a, an almost free roll of the have dice. And see what yeah, just go for it. Just, 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 um, yeah, just uh, bloody their nose a little bit, and um, just. I'd rather, I'd rather us have a go and lose three one rather than sit back and lose one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you yeah. know, actually make an occasion, make a game. Yeah, it. yeah, quite. Um, we do we, we do have some um less um some lessons, some questions even from our listeners. I'm not sure they could teach us anything. Oh, we're, that's we're why they give the lessons. So. Yeah, that's what I meant. Um Owen Lawrence, the first one. Uh, he says we seem to have more than our fair share of prodigious talents, so much so that players like Bentaleb can be dropped and replaced with Ali. Out of all of Spurs' exciting young players, which three would you say have the highest ceiling? I think his name too there in Benfica. Yeah, I would have, certainly. I'm just trying to think of a third. I think Kane. Well, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um, although I, I, I um, Dyer. Mm, no, I, I quite like the idea of Harry Winks. I saw him play a little bit against um, against Carabag. He looks like um, I don't know what he is, but I mean he. He's technically really good, and I, I haven't yeah, seen much Yeah, he came on before. in the first band of midfield. He looked good. And he looks very slight. I understand yeah. he's a very young age, and he's, he's still got you know puberty and things to finish going through. Um, but I'm not sure. Is, is he, def- he He may well be a, a Tom Carroll, you know, Ryan Mason type of... He looks a little bit better on the ball than either of those two guys. I mean, I, I don't really... Tom Carroll's fine. 
I mean, he he's okay. I, I don't. I, I think he's a good squad. player. Yeah, he's a good squad player, but he's not some. He. I would worry if he, we were ever in a position where he was, he was a necessity in a Premier League game, um, because I'm not sure he's quite that good. But I think he can do a job against probably the lower half teams because he's he's technically proficient he can pass the you ball, know, but take, he, yeah taking and pass the ball and keep possession and that's what you've got to do against you know lesser sides you've got to sort of starve them of the ball yeah and, i agree yeah and you know show your class and assert yourself and he's a player who can who can be a cog in a machine but that's the thing it's a, a system player side. isn't it it's it's the difference between going i'm excited about what this guy as an individual can do and you know what this guy can do as part of you have to have system based course, players in, in order to allow our more you know well, to allow, allow the likes of Sun and Lamella to, uh, to flourish to yeah. Yeah, absolutely I just in terms of being excited about him Tom Carroll does not you know interest me that much but I Harry Wings I, I always um, whether this is relevant or not it's just how I do it but I, I it, it always interests me to see a player's first touch that I mean I remember um, I remember having a conversation with a scout a long long time ago and he said when I evaluate players, I know what I know how good he can be within five seconds of seeing him, and that was his, his touch and how he moves the ball to then you know go into a second or third action. And um, I saw Harry Winks come on and he just looked he looked very slick. And um, it's it's guesswork because I know very little about him. I'm sure there are plenty of guys out there on Twitter who know far more than me. But he's interesting. I I, I will we'll see how he progresses. Yeah. Cause the one thing we do know about Pochettino is that he'll give him a chance. Lots of chance. It. Yeah. Yeah, he may well even. I don't think he start, but he'll probably get some minutes on Wednesday night uh, at least. You'd think. Yeah, probably. We'll, we'll probably treat it as like a Europa League game. Yeah, I would thought so. Um, which isn't a bad thing. We've got another question from Scott Arbuckle. Uh, Harry Kane is the subject of his email. Uh, do you think we'll buy another striker in January? And are you worried about Harry Kane? I think he is trying almost too hard to get a goal and needs to be more selfish as he's a confidence player. It seems. Um, I think he is trying a little bit hard to get himself on the score sheet, but I'm not worried about him because we've said this previously about other players who've who've been up front for us, but they're reliant on the service from the players around them. And he's not been playing with Christian Eriksen, who may well not register the assists um, that he does, uh, that other players do. Uh, But he's a key part of the moves that lead to goals. He's, He's always in and around, you know, a move that you know, becomes a goal. And without him in the side, um, Kane struggles a little bit because they do have a very good understanding. Um, and as we've, we've spoken about this theoretical front four we may have, if he starts to work out how to play with Son and Lamella and with, as I say, Ericsson in there, then I don't think we should be too worried about him. He's just got that. He's got a reputation now. He's got a name. He's a he's a household footballer and he wasn't that last season. He's He's been double marked and he's been you know, having attention on him from defenders that he wouldn't have had otherwise. And there's going to be a few teething problems while he becomes used to the the way in which he's going to be treated by teams now. He's going to be somebody who they actually look out for, whereas, you know, that level of, you know, surprise and, and ignorance that they may have had previously isn't there. So I'm not I'm not worried, but he... He, um, he could do with a goal. That's about the limit of it, isn't it, really? Yeah, he's not been far off. I mean, there was... Um, I think he scored an offside goal at one point in, in one of the games. Um, was it in the European game he scored and was offside? Um, Possibly. Something like that. I... I, I... Honestly, can't remember. I um, I mean, he he was offside for what would have been a Ben Davis goal on the weekend, obviously. But um, 
Yeah, Ben Davies, a rare appearance in the box. He even he even referenced that himself in the Spurs TV interview. Um, he said I was just excited to be in the box uh, when he got his header. I, that's an odd one. That that new offside rule. That's probably a conversation for another day. But I think it's actually more convoluted than the previous ruling. I don't think I understand what offside is anymore. <laughs> Honestly, I, I don't. don't I, I, I don't think we're supposed to. I think that's the idea, isn't no, it? No, I just maybe that. Whatever. I mean, it's just sort of. Um, it's um, yeah. I, I, it, there's so much interpretation in it now that it, it's almost purpose, purposefully vague, and I don't like that. I, I, I wouldn't even hate it. I, I know why we changed from the original, you know, either the, the sort of the binary, you're offside, you're not, kind of thing. But, um, yeah, I, t- I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not in a position to argue with that anymore. Let's put it that way. Yeah, we've had a, a question from Sean Gormley who says, uh, with Lamella and Davies playing well, Poch's tactics starting to come good and considering the summer clear out, who do we scapegoat for everything that's wrong with the world now? Well, we're still doing with the Lamella a little bit. Um, uh, I don't know, Ben Davis does actually, you know, Ben Davis is still getting scapegoated whenever possible. Levy, Levy yeah. presumably. Um, I, um, I don't know, I just think, you know, my, my philosophy is just to be a bit more chilled out about it. I mean, just we're, we're, we're just we're not aiming for the top. We're, we may say we're aiming for the top four, but we're really not. And um, no, we've said this plenty. Yeah, of just times. enjoy it's it. It's just win some games, score some goals, have some fun, knock off Arsenal and Chelsea every now and again, maybe get to a cup final. I mean, yeah, yeah. who can complain? I don't think that I don't think we I don't think there's need for scapegoats at the moment. I'm sure people will find them and. You know, but. Yeah, the people won't be struggling. If they need right. somebody to blame, there'll be somebody there. Yeah. I'll give it six weeks before someone starts scapegoating Kane, by the way. but <laughs> Yeah, not even that. If he, if he fails to score in the next couple, his, his time will come. It's his, it's about his time, isn't it? His, his share of the blame is about yeah. to come in for cash. Um, Elliot Graham uh, says, maybe this is too geeky, but I would be curious to see an attempt to fit players to the fellowship from Lord of the Rings. I go for Loris as Gandalf. I have not read Lord of the Rings. Have you ever watched your films? Nope. Uh, we'll skip that then, because I'm not going to sit here and do it on my own. <laughs> I can't do it on my own, can no, I? No, no. This is why we need Jack. No, you, I can't believe you've never watched Lord of the Rings. You're buying those DVDs off Amazon this afternoon and watching them. No, I mean, I'm a, I like The Hobbit. You like if you like the Hobbit, the Hobbit's a disgrace compared to Lord. No, the Ho- no, not the film. I haven't seen the film. I, I love the Hobbit as the book. That's because it's a children's yeah, book. Yeah, my mum read it to me when I was a child. Yeah, I loved it. No, Lord of the Rings is is uh, it's actually quite interesting. It's a uh, allegory for the uh, Industrial Revolution. I I I've got a story actually. I um I I went to to watch the British Lions. Is it about your time in the Industrial no. Revolution? <laughs> you prick. <laughs> <laughs> you bastard! No, I um in in two thousand and five I went to watch the British Lions play in New Zealand and um went with my father and my brother and uh as part of it we my my father and brother have both seen and read Lord of the Rings and they organised this um this tour of all the sites that Peter Jackson used and we went on it and it was just like <laughs> the the guy leading it was just yeah. He might as well have been in the film. He was so enthusiastic about it. And he was sort of explaining all these and these kind of arbitrary landscapes where, you know, a goblin had been slain or something. And I was just standing there, mate, going, fuck's sake, I haven't read this. Oh, terrible five hours of my life. How did that not persuade you to read it? Because um, they, the, the things they made for the... Yeah, but they weren't the there, mate, though, were they? They were just like, this is where this happened. But now it's just a grassy knoll. And you're like... <laughs> 
brilliant. Did they not even have that little mini town where they built the the houses into the hills? No, none of them. Hobbit. No, none of it. No, it was just like, oh, look over there at that tree. That's where, you know, this wizard cast a spell. Oh God. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Probably yeah, that. I think you you need to you, if you've if you enjoyed the Hobbit, I think you need to give Lord of the Rings a go. I'm not a I'm not a huge fantasy person. I think you know Game of Thrones is probably my. Yeah, up me on too. Limit. I'm a Game of Thrones person. Um, if you enjoy Game of Thrones, you'll enjoy Lord of the Rings. You just need to space them out a bit because they're so long. Okay. Um, but they they were well worth your time. I suggest. Uh, anyway, uh, Jake Adams uh, says, if you could pick one player from this year's squad to have a great performance against Arsenal tomorrow, think Naismith hat-trick against Chelsea, who would you choose? And he also says, um, which of our youngsters would you most like to see excel this season, much like Kane did last year? Um, I'd really like it. I think we've we've probably given this away already, but I'd, I'd really like it if Ben Davies was able to establish himself this season and actually, you know, win people over in the same manner that Danny Rose did last season. If he's able to do that, then I think that's a, a success for our defence in the long term. Because if, if anyone ever saw him play for Swansea or even the way he plays for Wales now, yeah. it's almost, it's a slightly different player. There's a bit more comfort in what he does. You know, he's a bit more familiar with the people around him. He's got that added security of knowing that he's not necessarily fighting for his position. And if he was able to sort of make himself known and um, and sort of show the play he can be, then um I would I would very much enjoy that. In terms of, you know, have a good game against uh Arsenal tomorrow. I mean if Harry Kane plays, I wouldn't mind a, a Kane hat trick that I'd get him back up and running with Yeah, Kane and Jago wouldn't be a bad thing either, just to yeah, say especially you know, yeah, settle him in. I mean he's he looked quite good against Palace. He worked really hard, but he didn't have that much to do on the ball. But uh I suppose also he, because he did that one thing where he he was almost like back against his own box when he won the ball. Yeah, back. he well, he worked really hard without the ball. I thought he I thought he did great. But I um I'd like to see Lamella play well against Arsenal because I I just nothing we haven't said before. But it, there's so much talent there. Yeah, if there's one way to win a crowd, oh, can top. you imagine like a, a, a Lamella winner against Arsenal? Rabona. <laughs> you know, no, I, I wouldn't want that. I'd want something a little less novelty because I've always felt that that sort of that moment. It didn't add up to much. It was great to watch, of course, but it was just okay. He's done that. Whereas, is it almost like the the Danny Rose volley where it's a moment? Yeah, it just doesn't. Itself. It doesn't really have any relevance. It was just so ridiculous that it does. It just stands alone. Um, so I'd like to. I really, you know, I really like a, a thirty yarder off the underside of the bar. No bone. I just similar to his goal against Burnley. Yeah, yeah. Just a bit more power, a little less curve. Just something that that goes in off Koscielny's face or something. You know, something like that. That'd be great. Excellent. Okay, I think that's everything. I think we've filled our time. I don't think there's anything for us to do. Um, One thing I would say to anyone who listens is obviously um, we're fast approaching our 100th episode, um, which is worrying. uh, Because somebody, I've been asking for suggestions on Twitter for how we should mark the occasion, because between the three of us, we've not really come up with anything that seems worthwhile or feasible. Mm. Um, <laughs> we're running out of time, um, so we're we're crowdsourcing it, uh, which is a four-hour special. I think it's the way forward. Yeah, um, people love it when we go self-indulgent, mate. People can come up with an idea of of what we can do, or and anything, a little feature or something, just so we can actually, you know, sort of pat ourselves on the back for lasting this long. Because I think one person suggested that um, we go back and 
edit together like a best of show. And then, and I thought when I first saw it, I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And then I did the maths quickly in my head of how much material there is to patrol through. And who, and thought, who would oh, be doing the editing as well? Yeah, that would be that would be me. I, I imagine Jack would help, but I wouldn't. They would. Yeah, I wouldn't. If you want to listen to four hours of blank air, then Seb's best of <laughs> compilation will be worth. It. Maybe that's what we can do. We can make you edit edit the hundredth show uh, as a special surprise, out. so no one gets yeah. to listen to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's just crackles. It'll be it'll be my mistake with Musa, but for an entire show. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if you've got any ideas, drop us an email to uh, rulerooospod at gmail dot com. Um, and we'll consider them or, or tweet them at us, whatever. And we'll we'll continue asking every now and then what you think, and we'll try and try and come up with something um, to mark the occasion. Because you know we 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 should, shouldn't we? It's it's a it's an achievement. Well, I, I'm a late arrival. I feel like I kind of I feel like I'm 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 serving no, you're, 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 wave you're, here. No, you're 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 part of it. We we wouldn't have got to a hundred without. I was you, a morale so. boosting introduction, maybe. Yeah, you're like uh, the addition of anal in a marriage. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, he spiced it up for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, end the pod. Yeah, this is why I always feel bad because every time I say something like that to you, I always go, "Oh crap!" His mum listens, and I'm you know, I think maybe to... she listens to like an hour or so, and then just to, so that she can reference oh, something that's happened. So brilliant, she'll be alright as long as she doesn't hear me. You know, well, compare her son to bugger. Although, <laughs> although I, she came down to see me in um, a couple of weeks ago in Bath, and uh, we went to have a little trip around the Rowan bars, and she complained about. And I quote, "fucking selfie sticks." So my my mother's language is not not quite that pure. So it should be okay. Excellent. Um, Didn't know she knew what a selfie stick was, but she complained about them. So <laughs> yeah, um, if you uh, if you want to listen to past episodes of Roll the Roost, they're all online at rtrpod.com. There's an Acast site. Um, if you Google for it or what have you, all the links are on the website. Twitter is rtr underscore pod, and uh, we'll be back. This time next week, it might just be me and you again. I'm not sure. It depends. Jack is is extremely busy with work, as we keep saying. It's yeah. it's not the same without him. Um, we might try and you know tunnel him in um, through the phone line as we did while I was moving house and whatnot. But you know, work comes first, so we um, there's no issue. We just need to wait it out, and then it'll be it'll be like a, a new sign. It'll be like Abu Dhabi yeah. when he comes back. back. Pray for brother Jack. Yeah. Yeah, it's Ledley. Ledley King has got a knee injury. He's uh, he's he's on his way back. And I don't want to compare Jack to Ledley King. Actually, he'll he'll think too much of himself if we do yeah. that. I prefer the Abu Dhabi one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, do you want to say goodbye again? You did a good job of saying goodbye. Yeah, no, also. goodbye. It's um, it's been fun. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.